Welcome, everyone, to the Superpowers for Good show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe, and I am just thrilled and excited today to uh, have with us uh, President Gordon McAnally of Rotary International. He is the Rotary International president. We're thrilled and excited to have him on the show today. He's joining us from Scotland. Uh, this is truly a privilege, and I'm grateful for him. Uh, so, uh, Thank you very much, Gordon. It's a thrill to have you on the show today. Thank you for making the time. Well, thank you, Devin. I mean, I'm honored to be here with you on what is World Mental Health Day, uh, an international day for global mental health education. And uh, I'm delighted to give you a bit of background about Rotary. Oh, thank you very, very much. Uh, why don't we start off with uh, asking you to Tell us a little bit about your passion for mental health. Well, yeah, certainly. One of the, the great privileges of serving as uh, president of Rotary International is that you're allowed to put a particular focus on a particular issue. And uh, something that Rotary has been working quietly in the background on for a number of years is mental health, mental wellness. And I've got a particular interest in mental health and mental wellness and uh, particularly recognizing the challenges that have come out of the COVID-19 pandemic. For three years, we were all locked away. And uh, for many of our young people in particular, that was an extremely challenging time. Young children whose education was disrupted, young adults whose social skills building was disrupted. And they're facing a hard time now as we begin to step back into what we're calling the new normal. And so I thought that it was time for Rotary to step into the mental health space. Such a taboo subject. It's something that people don't want to talk about. We, we talk very freely about our physical health. Sometimes we talk rather too freely about our physical health, but we will not talk about our mental health. And so that was why I wanted to flag that up as a particular focus at this, this particular time. But that's in addition to the other wonderful work that Rotary continues to do all around the world. And of course, our flagship project for many years has been the global eradication of polio campaign. And uh, we have been working in that space for over 30 years and have seen the number of cases of polio drop from a thousand cases every day to only eight cases anywhere in the world during 2023. So. That's another wonderful project that Rotary has been involved with down the years. Yeah, I, the you know this this is also meaningful to me. I have been uh, cautiously open about my own mental health diagnosis on the show uh, and and my uh, issues and challenges there, and uh, strive to work hard to take care of myself and want to see other people getting the health care and attention they need. And I think. Uh, and there's no question in my mind that the stresses of COVID contributed to that. And so I imagine that there are a lot of people that are in a similar place. I also have had the opportunity to visit uh, Ethiopia, India, and Pakistan uh, to do and see uh, polio work uh, with Rotary. And so I'm, I'm just so proud of the work that Rotary is doing to think that uh, this is now a, a, about a 40-year effort uh, that Rotary getting, has undertaken. Getting close to that, yeah. It's uh, it's 35 years plus. Of course, it's not solely down to Rotary. We've got some wonderful partners. It's one of those great examples of where collaborative working 
comes to the fore. You know, we're working together with the governments of the world. We're working together with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. We're working together with the GDPI. Just so many agencies coming together, none of which could probably have achieved it on their own. But by working together, we've been able to get to the point where we use the expression, we are this close and we're getting closer and closer all the time and uh, we will do it. We will fulfill the promise we made the children of the world that we would rid the world of polio. And uh, it's just taking a little bit longer than we thought, but uh, it's going to happen. Um, I wonder if you would uh, just take a minute and tell us a little bit about your personal experience uh, so far as Rotary International president. Uh, it's an extraordinary achievement to, to be president of a 1.4 million member organization with 30, what, 34,000 clubs around the world in 100 countries. What's that like? Well, it, it, it's, uh, first of all, it's a privilege. It's, uh, it's a wonderful experience, but above all, it is a privilege to have the opportunity to lead this organization, which as you say, has 1.4 million members, probably slightly north of 40,000 clubs. We, we think we, uh, we, we know we have around 46,000 clubs and uh, we're in 200 plus countries and geographic areas in the world. I always like to say we're in more countries than McDonald's. So that gives you an idea of just where we are and where we're positioned. Um, a wonderful privilege, but ultimately I am one of 1.4 million members of Rotary. And uh, I don't consider myself to be any more important than any of the other members of Rotary who are working away day by day, week by week, to do what we do best, to improve things for the world, to do good in the world, and this year in particular, to create hope for the world. Well, it is uh, extraordinary. One of the things uh, that I've learned, uh, I have the privilege of spending a little bit of time with uh, your your friend and colleague, Barry Rasson, and, and we've had a little chance to get into the weeds about some of the travel. It's just overwhelming. Uh, you will visit many of those 200 countries this yeah. year in a single year. Tell us a little bit. About, and, and on those journeys, uh, I'm sure met, you have already met some well, of the leaders of those countries and we'll continue to meet. I mean, it's an extraordinary experience. Tell us a little bit about uh, that. Absolutely. I, I mean, it is, a, it, it is a, a whirlwind as far as travel is concerned. Um, you know, since I took office on the 1st of July, we've been traveling almost constantly. Um, I won't see my home in Scotland again until just before Christmas. Um, last week, spent nine days in Europe, uh, nine days, nine cities, uh, nine flights between these cities. Uh, I, I traveled to Chicago yesterday from the south of France. My luggage decided it liked France so much it's staying in Paris for another couple of days, but I hope to catch up with it at some point later this week. Um, and uh, so a lot of travel. But the great thing is doing the travel allows you to reach places and meet people. And as I said earlier, meet the Rotarians who are doing the work on the ground. I'm under no illusion that the work of Rotary is not done in my office in uh, Evanston, just outside of Chicago. The work of Rotary is done in each and every one of the 46,000 clubs around the world. And so it's so important for me to get out and meet these people and be able to say thank you to them. Thank you for what they're doing. 
uh, thank them for everything that they've done in the past and everything that they'll be doing in the future. And actually, that is one of my main roles, is to actually get out into the field and to meet the members of Rotary to be able to thank them. And, and of course, to have the opportunity to meet with heads of state and share with them some of the great work that's being done by Rotary and very often find that they are keen to become more engaged with the organisation and partner with us on specific projects. We spoke a minute or two ago about uh, the mental health focus. and I was in Zambia just three weeks ago and had a meeting with the vice president of the country who was very keen to see their government partner with Rotary. And already they've held meetings with the local members with a view to partnering to work together in the mental health space and to, to do something significant in that country, which is a country in Africa, which is one of the most taboo continents as far as mental health is concerned, and people will not even discuss it there. So to be able to break through there is a real achievement. That really is. It, it is so important to be able to talk about it because when you can talk about it, you can address it in constructive, healthy ways. What are some of the activities you see uh, Rotarians beginning to undertake with this new initiative and focus on mental health? What are some of the specific examples? So a couple of specific examples. One is in uh, India. I, I was in India before I took office. I was in India in April and saw a wonderful project there called Wellness in a Box. Uh, and essentially that is a program that's delivered to 12-year-olds and over in schools in Nagpur in India. And it's giving these children coping skills with anxiety and depression symptoms. It's teaching them how it's important to open up and share about things. It's teaching them to be aware of the trigger signs that may lead to more serious mental illness. But it's also training the teachers of these children to be able to spot the signs and to be able to help seek intervention where intervention might be necessary. And so it's, it's a wonderful project that is actually replicable and we're seeing it being rolled out in other countries as well, in Nigeria and Puerto Rico and also in the US and Florida. Uh, in uh, New Zealand, there's a wonderful project, again, working with young people, recognizing that young people are often the most challenged working with young people who are being given skills in behavioral cognitive therapy and, and being helped to improve things and recognize where they're they're headed and hopefully intervene before things become too serious. Uh, in Colorado here in the US, we have seen a group of Rotary Clubs establish a scholarship for a psychologist to study and would, will then increase the capacity for intervention from a psychologist in the future. So everywhere you go, you're seeing an interest in addressing the issue. And I have to say, everywhere you go, I'm hearing people tell me about personal experiences that uh, have led them to want to support this issue as well. It is uh, really, uh it's incredibly important and i'm so glad that you're raising this topic for uh for rotary to to you know take the lead on because rotary has such an incredible ability to bring the grassroots aspect to a cause that that few organizations in the world have 
on a global international scale. So I, I really appreciate you leading on that. Um, we'll, we're going to take a quick break now. And uh, but when we come back, we're going to talk to uh, President Gordon McAnally, our guest today, who's the president of Rotary International, uh, about his superpower. So stick around. You don't want to miss this. Need money for your small business or startup? Learn how to raise capital on your own terms. Renowned attorney Jenny Casson will teach you how to fund your business without selling your soul. She'll share secrets learned over decades of fundraising. November 15th at 1 Eastern. Register today for free at thesupercrowd.com. Want to learn from the world's great changemakers? Find your superpower. Subscribe to the Superpowers for Good newsletter at superpowersforgood.com. Make your strengths into superpowers that will change the world. Join the super crowd today. Superpowers number four, good.com. Join us at SuperCrowd Baltimore to connect with community-focused business leaders and investors working to support diverse founders, social entrepreneurs, and community builders. Learn how to raise money from the crowd and how to invest like a pro. November 30th at the B&O Rail Museum. Register today at thesupercrowd.com. Welcome back, everyone. We're just thrilled to have with us today uh, President Gordon McAnally, President of Rotary International. Uh, Gordon, as you uh, look back over your extraordinary career, uh, you've been a, a dentist uh, as a profession, but you have managed to contribute in in ways that have global implications uh, and impact with Rotary International and also uh, in significant leadership in your church as well. Uh, you really are, uh, in so many ways, a, a rock star of impact. Uh, what What is your superpower? Well, the first thing I would say is I'm not so sure that I'm a, a rock star in impact. I, I do what I do and I, 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 I do it to the best of my ability whatever that ability is. Um, I guess my, my, my superpower is a built-in desire to help, a built-in desire to do good in the world. It was, it was instilled into me by my, my parents, uh, neither of whom were involved with Rotary, but who were very involved with our local church and who were always keen to, to help people and, and keen to do things. And so from any age at all, both my late brother and myself, we, we were uh, encouraged to to look beyond ourselves and to help to help other people. Um, I think if, if I have a superpower, it it's probably comes very well through the theme that we chose for this year. And one again, one of the great privileges of being the president of Rotary is that you are allowed to craft a theme that is used internally in terms of the messaging that we, we put out. And the theme for this year, as you know, is create hope in the world. And I think that philosophy guides me. It's my North Star in steering Rotary to bring lasting change to the world, but also to ourselves, because being part of this organization changes you as an individual. I often say that, you know, as a 26-year-old dentist in Edinburgh, which was when I joined Rotary, how was I going to change the world? How was I going to provide clean water for a village in, in Africa? How was I going to help provide toilets for children in the Philippines? But by being part of Rotary and by being able to create hope for these people, I was able to do all that. And I think it's important to realize that 
lost hopes, not a function of material poverty. Uh, I think people think sometimes that, you know, if you've not got any hope, it's because you've, you're materially poor. But I think all of us face challenges that threaten our own well-being. I think deep down, everybody is extremely caring. Some people maybe hide it a bit more than others. But I think deep down, and I think the COVID pandemic showed this, we saw a spirit of caring and consideration through the pandemic that perhaps we hadn't seen before. And hopefully that's going to persist. But I think deep down, everybody wants to care. And Rotary gives people that vehicle to care, gives you that opportunity to help your neighbour across the street, but it also gives you that opportunity to help people in other parts of the world. And so, you know, if I have a superpower and, you know, question whether I've got a superpower, but if I have a superpower, it's possibly that. Now, that that is a profoundly important superpower, and I'm I'm glad that you shared that. Um, I wonder if you can think of a specific time. Uh, I'm sure you can because you've done so much, but maybe you just share one example where you were able to overcome a challenge that you perceived and, and felt by sort of leveraging that innate desire to help that, that you describe as your superpower. Can you think of a, an example to share with us? Yeah, probably one of the, the, the biggest things that I would think about when you ask that question is I want to take you back to, to the, the mid-1990s when uh, Rwanda, a small country in Central Africa, uh, underwent a genocide that saw up to a million people were killed in the space of 100 days. A whole generation was ripped out of that country and there was a whole generation of young children who were left as orphans of that genocide who were at rock bottom. They had no hope for the future. And uh, Rotary got involved and I was spearheading a project out of Rotary in Britain and Ireland to help in partnership with an organisation called Hope and Homes for Children to work on a project to to help these orphans of the Rwandan genocide. And I remember going out to scope out the project the first time, which was probably about the turn of the 2000s, maybe 2001, 2002. And I remember going to a, a village, meeting a young girl and her brother, Claudette and Francoise. Claudette was 16, Francoise was about 10. And they had been orphaned by the genocide of 1994. Their father had been killed in the civil war and their mother had been sexually assaulted by the soldiers, contracted AIDS, and she had subsequently died. And these two young kids had absolutely nothing. They were living in a hovel. You could hardly call it a home. They were living in a hovel. They were rarely in education. They just had no future whatsoever. And they were taken under the wing of the project that we called Rotary's Africa Hope. And over the ensuing years, they got back into education. They had the opportunity to get a new secure home. And even today, we still hear from them. They've gone on to to do well. Claudette ultimately trained as a seamstress and now makes clothes for a living and generates an income and uh, is comfortable doing that. She took care of Francois until he was old enough to, to find a trade and he's now a poultry farmer and making a living as a poultry farmer. And these, these two kids now 
young adults. These two kids are uh, doing well. They have some self-respect. They are self-reliant. And ultimately, that was all they ever wanted and all they deserved. And that was a very seminal moment for me. It made me realize that this whole concept of hope is such a precious commodity. If people can be given hope for the future, we, we, we weren't going to take care of them forever. We were going to give them the hope to make their own way in life. And in their own way, in that country, they have been able to do that. And, and that, for me, was a very impactful for, for time. But as you say, I've been lucky enough to see that sort of situation on many other occasions and many other places. And it always comes back to this concept of hope. If people lose hope, they are at absolute rock bottom. But once you can give them hope, then they can they can grow again. There's so much I want to cover and our time is running short. But as you think about uh, the the incredible work you're you're doing. Um, I, I think you're right that everyone has some innate desire to help, to care. How do you activate and trigger that in someone who may find that sort of dormant uh, a little bit, uh, but wants to feel that, uh, wants to feel the Gordon McAnally concern for others? How would you coach someone to, to well, reignite that? The, the first thing I would say, and this is recognized and borne out by, by uh, university studies, is that one of the best ways to feel good about yourself, one of the best ways to improve your own sense of worth, your own well-being, is to perform acts of kindness. And that's been borne out by studies from Ohio State University and other places. And one of the finest ways that anybody can perform acts of kindness is by being involved in an organization like Rotary. Because the great thing about Rotary is that it is unique in that it is local and global. There's a lot of organizations out there that are working locally. And there's a lot of organizations out there that are working globally. But there's literally no other organization that works the way Rotary does on a local and a global front. And so I would encourage anybody who's interested in doing good for other people, interested in getting involved and in serving to become part of an organization like Rotary that allows you to do that in your own communities and in the world's community. Because we have to remember, the world is our community. We only have one world and we have to take care of that world and we have to take care of the people that are in that world. And if we can do that, we can make the world a more peaceful place. And that is one of Rotary's great missions, is to improve peace around the world. But what we can't do is we can't stop war as much as we would like to. I've gone on record as saying I would like to march into the Kremlin and say, stop the war, Mr. Putin. I don't have that power. You need a super, super power to do that. But what I believe through Rotary, we all have the power to do is to stop conflict from starting by building people up from the ground level, by improving their living conditions, by improving their education, by improving their health. And if we do that, we can actually stop conflict from starting in the first place. And so I would say to anybody who is in the least bit interested in finding out more about Rotary to connect with the organization. They can do that by coming to our website. They can do that by connecting with the local Rotary clubs wherever they are based because 
with 46,000 clubs, you're never far away from a Rotary Club. And you can do that by going on Facebook. Most Rotary Clubs these days have a Facebook presence. But the best starting off point to find out more about the organisation is to go to the website that's on the screen right now, www.rotary.org, and you can find out a lot of information about what we do and how we do it right there. Well, it's just been a joy to have you on the show today. Uh, I'm so grateful grateful for your time today. I'm grateful for the work you do and the, the leadership you provide to Rotary and the example you are out building uh, mental health. And I think your message of hope is profoundly important for mental health and all of us can benefit from that. So thank you for all that you do. We, we want to wish you tremendous success in your year serving as the Rotary International President. Uh, your mission is successful and that you continue to uh, help Rotary thrive and have tremendous impact around the world. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for this opportunity, Devin. It's been a great time to be with you. And uh, to everybody who's watching who is already part of Rotary, I say thank you for all you're doing. And as I said earlier, for anybody who's interested, come along and find out. You might enjoy it. All righty. Now let's do some good. <laughs>